comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Walking Dead TV Podcast, episode 118, our commentary track for the episode, The Grove. And joining me tonight are the stalwart and, and trustworthy Aaron North. Hello. And the shifty, shiftless, and gotta watch him, watch your back around him, Rich, the Chub Toad Sheldon. Hola. And tonight we'll be doing a comment, one of our commentary tracks, we'll be doing it for the episode, The Grove. It was the 14th episode of the fourth season and uh, famously known for uh, the, well, we'll get to it. I mean, I, I don't want to throw in, give, blow our big reveal. I know we've all seen it. We all, we all have our opinions. Um, basically, what we did was we threw it open on our Facebook group, which if you'd like to join, is pretty active uh, when, the, when the show is going on, uh, the Walking Dead TV podcast uh, Facebook group, and asked, what episodes do you want us to do commentary tracks for? What are your, what are your favorite episodes of the last half season, or season that you wanted us to go back and go over uh, with a fine-tooth tome, uh, comb of commentary? And this was the number one choice, The Grove. And so let it not be said that we are not here to service our fans uh, we are here tonight to do said commentary track. So, uh, like, like with all the other commentary tracks, what we'll do is you want to time up your, uh, your digital or your DVD or Blu-ray of the, uh, the episode. Uh, we've got them time to, uh, the very first, um, shot of the, uh, the show. It's, uh, the shot of the, you know, the kettle on the, uh, the burner, um, for the, our digital file. It's 30 seconds in after the previews of previously on the walking dead, um, just get everything lined up and set up and uh, and pause right there and we will count you in and that way we'll all be in sync, both us as recording and you while listening. And anyone listening to in sync. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are everybody ready? Get your finger on the trigger. Oh, it's there. Okay, you ready? I'm locked Three. and loaded. Three, two, one, play. All right. No one will be seated during the gripping kettle boiling scene. I was, uh, I like this opening quite a bit, and like I should say right now, I, I, this isn't my favorite episode of the season, and um, despite some big things that happen in it, um, I, I, it's not one that I was like, man, that was a great episode of The Walking Dead. It has some, some aspects where I'm like, wow, that happened, but at the same time, we'll get to my issues with it, but... All that said, I really like this opening sequence. It's creepy, it's weird, it sets the tone, it does all kinds of things. I I, I dug it. Yeah, it was cool with the, the music in the background, the, and you don't know what you're really watching through the window, and then you find out much later. Uh, it's, it's a cool device, I agree. Yeah, this is probably my favorite cold opening of definitely that season. I'm not sure, possibly the whole show. Um, very good cinematography. It just gives you a really... Like Aaron said, creepy feeling. That's what you look for in your zombie show, one would hope. Exactly. Um, I probably would go as far to say as it's one of my favorites, at least top five of cold opens for The Walking Dead. I'd probably go, yeah, I'd go there. Yeah, it kind of has that weird, like, uh, Fallout or Bioshock feel with that, you know, old, old-timey music and the, you know, the sound of the horror going on in the background. Very, very cool. I, and, um... Uh, I was looking through my uh, my my review for this episode, which I wrote at theyoungfolks.com, and um, I had alternate titles for the Grove. Um, first is uh, of mice and Mika, which I like, <laughs> and the other the other was flowers for Lizzie Non. So um, 
Nice. <laughs> so if you guys want to keep those in mind for future uh, potential title uh, title sequels for the you know episodes that could be similar, you know those are those are out there for you to, to use. Not that Melissa McBride hadn't already started to really show some acting chops before this episode. I really think she, in my mind, came to a new level of acting and showing her abilities in this episode. And I mean, it starts right with this scene. Well, something I think I think I mentioned when we talked about the episode. Um, it, it seems like the acting is above the dialogue. Like there, are, Aaron's right. A lot of heavy plot things happen in this episode, but the way they go about them and the, and the the like the dialogue and the things that take them there, um, I think could have been you know better implemented. I think the acting really like sells dialogue that would be not as good you know with you know in the mouth of a lesser actor i think you know they really kind of sell this especially the scene you know at the uh, near the end with with uh, tyrese and, yeah. and uh and you know talking when you know she confesses when carol confesses um i i i something and i, I did a rewatch right after the season was over and i'll probably do another rewatch before the next season but there's consistently a good casting of child actors on this show. I mean, you got, you know, Chandler Riggs as Carl, of course, but I mean, these two girls in this episode are just really good, you know, for child, you know, for child actors. I would agree. Um, I, and I know that, you know, there were people that had some issues, I guess, with some of the kind of child casting beyond Carl, who I think is, especially this season has really turned it up. Um, as far as Chandler Riggs goes, but I mean, for, for, uh, for Lizzie and, um, and uh, Mika, which I have it right here, uh, Kyla Kennedy and Brighton Charbino. These are, this is the episode for them to really showcase whatever talents they have, and I think they do a good job. Again, I mean, issues aside, the acting has never really been an issue for me on on this episode, let alone The Walking Dead in general. Here or there, there's some issues pop up, but um, for the most part, it's a well-casted series, and characters that I tend to have problems with seem to not be around anymore, so it's not too much of an issue. <laughs> Although I love Shane, I, th- I thought he, I thought John Bernthal did a, a tremendous job as Shane. That was one of my one of my biggest losses of this series is the fact that he's gone, even though it had to basically inevitably happen. Well, uh, considering how well that uh, that you know, Darabont miniseries did on TNT, he might be back in the dream sequence. What if he did? Or what if what <laughs> yeah. if what if Rick never talked about his his twin brother Dane? Yeah. Dane. <laughs> <laughs> My rule for twins is that they have to rhyme. That just makes sense to me. <laughs> somebody, to somebody, get Gail Ann heard on the phone right now, quick, before someone else gets this idea. Now there's the old knife to the tree to find the sap trick. That's that's one of those classics. But yeah, I, I just think that like in a lot of these, in a lot of cases here, the the skill of the actors outweighs the skill of the person writing the dialogue. And you know, I, it's not like it's it's terribly scripted, but it just seems like it could be a lot more natural, you know, as far as dialogue and, and not just kind of, it seems very expository at, at points, you know. And, yeah, we'll, we'll get there to into what I'm referring to specifically because there are some, I guess, writing issues that I find in this episode just in terms of how kind of thick it's laying on some of the themes and mm-hmm. how the episode relies, even though we get to some major events, it relies a lot on Carol taking somebody aside and having a big monologue and then going back to the main house. Like, there's just, there's not a lot of variety to the to the the other elements of this episode beyond the shocking parts that we'll get to. But that said, yeah, you cast someone like Chad Coleman from The Wire, and I, you know, I, I expect him to be very good. The dialogue is whatever, and the the character gets more definition as the series goes, especially compared to where we kind of first started with. He's just like angry guy, and then now mm-hmm. he's here where he's doing a lot more, and he has he has a lot more nuance and what have you, which is the kind of thing that that actor can bring to the role. And it's this- Still not as cool as comic Tyrese, though. Yeah, yeah I was, that's what I was about to say. Is is this to me is the only episode that I really enjoyed his character on the screen here because uh, he has not lived up to my expectations as the character goes from the comic. So um, I would like to see more of what we saw in the comic book, and it's just he's fallen into kind of the background with the exception of one or two scenes in an episode or this episode. I did like the way, I mean, we, we've talked in the past you know, before about how when you have such a big ensemble cast, it's, it's easy to have the kind of episode where everything, everybody just has like a little five minute bit and gets kind of shuffled around and really, you know, you don't get a lot of character development, but them splitting up the group like that, uh, like this, you know, was really effective, I thought, as far as like being able to develop these characters and give them a little more dimension. 
yeah, yeah I keeps... like I like the splitting up, and I, I thought that it, like you said, and it added more dimension. Everything gave us better character development. I just kind of wish that it hadn't taken almost the whole back nine of the season, so to speak. Uh, yeah. I've kind of, you know, I wanted it... I, we could have gotten more of a finale than we got if they had gotten us to Terminus quicker. Yeah, and it's hard. Like, and I haven't rewatched the season to really know how I would have improved it, I guess, necessarily. But, you know, in, in thinking about it in retrospect, I can't say whether or not the series would have been better if we had, like, one more episode to deal with what happens next or not. But at the same time, hold on. I like seeing this guy fall down. <laughs> Pause that thought for a second because we're about to see this, uh, this walker just kind of take a big tumble into the ground. <laughs> Remember when we watched this and we were like kind of wondering, did he get pulled down or no? He just he just kind of fell over pretty. Fell, yeah, there yep. it is. He just kind of. Through. It looks like he fell into maybe there's a hole there. It seems like there's a there's. I get that we're about to get to it too. We'll get a shot of it, but I think there's like one let. No, yeah, I guess yeah. One wood beam is it's much deeper than the other ones. So I guess this walker was a very good balancer, and then he's like, oh, <laughs> there's there's my issue. I can't walk on that quite right. So, but uh. Yeah, he took a nasty fill. I guess, like, the weirdest part of that scene is, like, the intention really for me wasn't with Tyrese and the zombie, but with Lizzie and the baby. Yeah, and... You know I mean? I was more worried about that. I'm like, you know... And it's another... I mean, you have Lizzie saying, sometimes we don't have to kill them. I'm sorry, Lizzie. You do have to kill them every time. There's <laughs> not a walking dead. <laughs> this is... Am I, is that... That's Lizzie, right? I'm not... Yeah. Yeah, that's Lizzie. Yeah. Uh, you, you got you got to take them out every time. This is oh, that's Mika. I'm sorry. <laughs> Unless you're gonna rip their jaws off and cut off their arms and carry them around like pets, that's the only, you know, time you can do it. But even then, you got to play how to train your walker before you can start doing that kind of thing. <laughs> and then there's the other episode, how to train your walker too. That's in this season. Um, <laughs> get how to train your walker by DreamWorks. There you go. Can't wait. Uh, I was going over some point involving what the series as a whole to quickly where you would have to... where you would have trimmed to get them to terminus where I would have trimmed yeah more, um, yeah thank you um, yeah yeah it's not that I you know was really against the idea of having them all separated especially since that's something that we constantly wanted more of and then we now we got like a whole half season full of just distinct episodes it's just I kind of suffice it to say I just wish some of the episodes were better <laughs> and um, yeah. it's hard to kind of. You know, I'm not I'm not a showrunner. I'm not involved in this series. It's hard. It's easy to it's easy for me to say that. But at the same time, I've seen series that have done this sort of thing better, have handled characters better, and that's why you know, Walking Dead. As much as I like you know writing and talking about it and you know watching it, it's not in that upper echelon of TV shows for me compared to certain other TV series that just have stronger writing and better handling on the characters. That said, Walking Dead does a lot of things I like really well. I mean, we'll get to, like, a whole Walker action sequence in this episode involving, you know, different visual effects use. And even the pivotal parts of this episode are handled quite well from an emotional standpoint and from, you know, the acting standpoint and whatnot. So... I will... I'll agree that some of the dialogue, as far as the way it's been written, especially since Scott Gimple's taken over, is not, you know, up to snuff as to where it was in the earlier seasons, but... To me, this season especially has leaned more towards the, not not exactly taking from the comic book, but gives me the the feeling of that I have when I'm reading the comic book. I feel like I'm more immersed into this world, like when I'm in the comic. Sorry, I was just watching. <laughs> um... Yeah, you're going to Terminus. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Sure. <laughs> They're going to have bunnies there. I regret not having the... I can't do subtitles on this, so I can't quite... No, I think we talked about this much. when it happened, that we, we assumed that the smoke from this fire was uh, uh, Daryl and Beth. Yeah, and there's no reason it can't be. I think it... It's a, it's an, I mean, it obviously, it hits at some of the themes of like, uh, yeah, we still got, still got a, where there's smoke, there's fire kind of situation with Lizzie being around. And, um, I also tie it into the fact that, yeah, the characters are fairly close to each other. And, um, I well, kept doing those little flourishes like that. Like, you know, they had the, um, 
I'm trying to remember now when Daryl falls on the train tracks, there's like Bob's old coat there or something. And I mean, they've had like little things all through the, the season that are, have kind of like tied them together, showing how close together they actually are, even though they've, they've been separated. Yeah, it allows for some dot connecting, which is just nice little, not necessarily Easter eggs, but a way to provide a, a semblance of a cohesive whole for the series, I guess, when you like kind of think back on it. So that smoke is from the Daryl Beth fire? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah. Okay, so it's not a new uh, zombie pope was elected? Okay. No, no, that's, they... Um, okay, that's They, col- I, they okay. color that fire. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's um, it's orange when they elect a new zombie pope, and it's green when they're still deciding. Yeah. That's oh, okay. on the Walking Dead wiki page. Um, you, have to, <laughs> <laughs> you have to dig into it, but it's there. <laughs> nice zombie fall. Yeah. <laughs> Stage dive! <laughs> I guess he's an older fellow, right? But, I mean, his face is so, like, gnarly. <laughs> Wait, is that Gary Busey? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I think yeah. he was finally fed up with not being able to get the right TV program, so he's like, yeah. In a, in a well-received cameo. <laughs> now, my question is, was she frozen in fear, or was she just curious sitting there waiting to see how close that zombie gets to her? Yes, because I think it's both. I think she's, I mean, Lizzie's obviously fascinated with the zombies. That's why she hung out by the fence, you know, and, and the prison with them, you know, and the animals and everything else. I mean, that's why that's why uh, Mika was the one, you know, doing the shooting and doing everything because Lizzie was obviously like just kind of entranced, and kind of it almost seemed like she was luring the zombie with the baby, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's the. <laughs> It's the kind of thing where it's hard to really get a read yeah. on what she's trying to do, and I. Yeah. It's not necessarily a fault of the episode, but at the same time, it's like, well, what was she trying to do in there? Like, what, what's, what's her kind of, what's her, 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 her like her status quo state when it comes to these zombies? Because she's screaming, but at the same time, she's just said like, we don't have to kill all of them. Like, is she angry? Is she mad? Is she upset? Is she scared for her life? I will say she does crazy dead eyes very well. Oh yeah. <laughs> Here we go, Griselda Gunderson, the um, the most tragic character in all of this, I would say. Yeah. Who does she go home with? Nobody. <laughs> Where do you come up with the name Griselda Gunderson? At what point you're like, man, I wish I had a dolly, because I've had the name Griselda Gunderson under my sleeve for the longest of times, and I don't have anyone to name it. Oh, there's one. Griselda so, Gunderson. Sounds like a Harry <laughs> Potter name to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, her fate is to a zombie Raggedy Ann, so or Andy. Yeah. Or it's like a Bond girl, but the one that Bond like doesn't sleep with. Oh, Griselda Gunderson. It's like Money Punny's Money Punny's cousin, Griselda Gunderson. I apologize to any Griseldas out there listening to this podcast. Or any or any Gundersons. I think no, she sounds know, like an Olympic are. Olympic speed skater from Iceland. There you go. Griselda Gunderson. It's one of the citizens Olympian. from from where the people from Frozen live. <laughs> Her song was deleted. That's a lot of pecans. I really would have liked to taste one of those pecan pies. I love pecan pies. Living in Texas for so long, you get a lot of different variations of pecan pie, and it's all good. Hmm. The other thing about that scene, the the cold open, is that it's played in slow motion. Like, the background mm-hmm. stuff's in slow motion, yet the forward ground stuff seems to be in, like, regular motion. And now we're tied back into that cold open where we see, like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, right. what? She's not even watching this thing, too. She's just like, like, like it's all right. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ring around the rosy. She wanted a friend. And this is a scene that does a fine job of conveying the kind of whatever her mental state, because she's just, she's screaming, she's yelling, she's asking, what if I killed you? Like, it's... (laughs) Oh, man. She doesn't want a friend, she wants a snack, and you're a nut job. Hey, I'm very friendly to pizza. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The zombie would be very friendly to her brains. My doctor told me that my last blood test showed that I'm 52% pizza. Wow. 
Tyrese is watching. It's like, I don't even know what to begin with this one. <laughs> Crazy oh, white people. These cra- yeah, I was just saying, <laughs> white people. <sighs> She's like super emotional about this zombie. Like, it was my friend. Carol, she doesn't know what to do. This is the point where you take her to look at flowers. Not later. (laughs) So now we got like this scene where we have her and Mika walking and she's gonna do some explanation. Deliver one of those monologues. Mika looks really awkward holding that giant rifle that's about as big as her. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a nicely acted scene, though. I mean, it's all these scenes where Carol's, you know, where Melissa McBride takes somebody out to talk to them about something. Like, Melissa McBride, she does a great job. I, yeah. I agree with what Rich said. I mean, he, she has, I mean, she, I'd say she's been rather consistent in terms of performance, but she's just been given a lot more to do over the past, you know, couple seasons as she's, you know, elevated further and further. And I do hold her and, you know, the, the, the higher end of the actors on this show just because she, she's, she's given... She's given enough weight to her character where she can play things a little more subtly and a little more in the background as opposed to kind of the ever-depressing Rick or the governor stuff that we had to deal with or the well, she, kind of, she kind of sells that um, moral ambiguity of hers, too. You know, yes. With the kind yeah. of confidence, you know, because, I mean, you know, her, her grayscale is a little different than everyone else's. Obviously, we're, you know, we'll talk about the murders and whatnot at the end of the episode when she, you know, confesses to Tyrese, but... I mean, she's able to sell Carol as, you know, that complex of a person that you still root for her, even though you know she's done these horrible things. I mean, they all have, but, um, I don't know, I just, I, I agree, she's, you know, she's definitely the top tier of actors on this show. And one that I just look forward to seeing more of in the future, like, if we're going to keep going down, because we, I think we've deviated far enough from the comics with Carol, where I don't think things are going to go the way that they go for her in that comic at this point, so I'm curious where the show plans on taking her. Yeah, well, well we're past that point uh, from yeah. the comic, but that's kind of the thing, is I kind of treated her kind of as a throwaway, as a background character from the first season, because I just didn't put a lot of stock in her, and, uh, you know, as they developed her along... And I, 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 I agree. She's definitely one of the top tier actors. And, um, I am kind of curious, especially with some, I'm just wondering after this episode, what's going through her mind, you know, what, what, I mean, she's already done some unspeakable things. We know that, um, before that she had to make a tough choice. And uh, I'm kind of curious about Terminus, it, what's going to happen there. That's a good thought, yeah. Um, it just, I guess it doesn't help that we just do not know what's going on with Terminus exactly beyond some basic assumptions to really gather. But, I mean, <clears throat> I can't exactly see Carol about to dine in on humans because she, like, feels good about going to Terminus or whatnot. Um, this but we is do, creepy. But, I'm sorry, yeah, I, I did interject yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. Her feeding, you know, coming out to feed the zombie. She's good at catching rats, apparently. Like, like we've seen plenty of times where Lizzie's been able to apparently catch rats and either dissect them or feed them to other people. So she's doing something right. And the whole, you know, she's she's alluring. She has, maybe she has like a magic pipe. Like she's like the the <laughs> rat the rat catcher at the uh, Renaissance Festival. Yeah. <laughs> that zombie's leg is messed up. <laughs> He's just like down. I'm surprised we're not seeing a bone coming through at some point. Don't don't do that. <laughs> mm, lady fingers. Uh, getting and I guess we can get to this more when we get towards the end. But I mean, we will get to Carol basically it's wraps up her arc. Oh, yeah. Carol Carol wraps up her arc at the end of this kind of episode for the season. So there's, you know, there's really not much more to do with her in terms of her and Tyrese. But yeah, I am curious to see how how she eventually meets back up with the rest of the gang at Terminus. But moving on, right, now we got smoke zombies. Yeah, I was going to say, hats off to Nicotero and team for these zombies. I think they're absolutely some of the most incredible makeup they've done for zombies on the show. And it's a really just cool and unique way to present an action sequence where you, if we're going to, if we're going to keep shooting zombies in the woods, which we've done many times so far this season, now we have just like these smoking, flaming corpse zombies to shoot at, which look awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, they kind of look like orcs from the Peter Jackson movies. Yeah? I was thinking the same thing. Orcs, and they, like, burst apart like vampires in the Blade movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy to see physical blood after watching 300 Rise of an Empire. <laughs> it's so nice to just see regular squibs. It's also, not, and I pointed this out on the podcast, but they're, like, not hitting them always in the head. Like, they're actually missing. <laughs> and, then, and then they get them eventually, so. After, like, season two's, like, shotgun fest where everyone got a headshot. So, yeah. Ironic. This is another <laughs> one. This is another one where kind of throw like, so we see like um, Carol watching Lizzie take shots at zombies, and I never know what kind of I'm supposed to take away from that, given that we were literally just watching Lizzie feed walkers, then she's again running away from them more because of her sister dragging her, and there's like a threat present, I guess. But she, I mean, she seems so at bay with the walk. It just there's. A weird amount of consistency, I guess, that I don't know if the show is properly conveying to me, given that I have these questions about what exactly her state's supposed to be. I, I think just from the beginning of the episode, if not a little bit, you know, in the past episode, she's just started to take more notice of her behavior and is just analyzing it um, from one extreme to another, trying to figure it out. That's kind of what I took away from it. Oh, yeah, in terms of Carol, yeah, I get that completely. It's more of just Lizzie's various reactions. It seems like the, they seem to fluctuate. And I'm, I'm, if, the, if, um, if Gimple, like, when writing this, he had, like, something in mind, it doesn't seem to be coming through entirely for me, just because I'm not... I, I find myself questioning the back-and-forth nature of Lizzie, where she's at one point, you know, she's about to stick her hand in a zombie's mouth, and then she's, you know, then firing upon said walkers. It's, I, I think it's you, definitely it, it, some sort of schizophrenic bipolar type situation for sure. Um, I think it just kind of depends. Whatever It seems like whatever emotion she has at the beginning of whatever sequence it is, that's what dictates how she's going to act through the entire sequence. Like, with the zombie, she's happy for it. It's a friend, wants to feed it the, the rat. She sees the burning zombies. Her first thing is fear, fright. She freaks out, and she just plays that throughout the entire sequence. Okay. It's the American Frontiersman with Tyrese and Carol. They're certainly happy to look pretty shaggy, by the way, too. <laughs> like, obviously, they don't have new clothes to like put on and whatnot, but they. <laughs> they're, like they're wearing like Carol's wearing rags like that's what she's wearing right now. Yeah, it's kind of their uni- it's kind of like their uniforms though. I mean, it's pretty much what Tyrese has worn the whole show. Tyrese has a bit more distinctive yeah. qualities going on though between the beanie, the beard, and whatnot. Like Carol just like slapped together some shreds <laughs> like that's her costume, which is I guess if you want to hit at the thematic ideas of behind that, it's like yeah, The Walking Dead because they're she could just as well be a walker and you wouldn't be able to, you you wouldn't be able to tell from the back of her i guess what if that's an old jacket that Daryl gave her could though be, i guess and that's why it's so ragged well, I, I don't think they're exactly i don't think they're exactly hitting up the local target either to find new clothes target the place to shop in the walking no, dead universe <laughs> yeah no doubt that's where i would be This is a good scene um, that, we're, <laughs> that we're not talking too much about yeah. uh, with just them, you know, dealing with the idea of what to do in this scenario and reflecting on things. And we're going to get to Carol kind of having an emotional breakdown. Like you have this, like all of this is leading up to what you think is going to be Carol confessing because of all the things Tyrese is saying. And it's there in her eyes and you see it and she has this enormous amount of guilt over her. But, uh Oh yeah, it gives a whole whole other flavor to what he's saying when you when you take into consideration what she's done. You know, I mean, it just really puts a whole different you know spin on what would be like another you know, nostalgic look back at people they've lost. You know, what I mean, it's definitely not that over again. It's, it's uh, I don't know, but yeah, I almost I expect her when I first saw this to you know confess in this scene and kind of just break down. And I was, but, I mean, people on the show know that I was very big on my own theory that Carol did not in fact kill. Um, what are their names? <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I, I thought you were showing up. Covering Lizzie. up. It's, that girl. It seemed like it was going to be more and more apparent that that was the truth. And of course, that's not it. And so I had a little. Watching it this first time, I was like, oh, she's going to admit the real truth. And, and that didn't come to pass as soon as the episode ended. Um, and then watching it the second time, because I always kind of watch this episode twice before I write about it, I was like, no, I was just kind of frustrated with the fact that I was completely wrong in my theory. But watching it subsequent times, yeah, it like it, it works for the you know the, the weight on Carol and like seeing the implications going coming across for both of them as far as what they're saying versus what the actuality is. And plus, it just goes back to one of the main themes of the show: is where do you draw the line? You know, what is you know where where do you draw morality in this kind of situation? In this, you know, like kind of uh, parody of what society used to be. How do you, you know, where do you, where, you know, what's right and wrong? You know, and it's this theme we keep coming back to over and over in the show. It's a major, you know, central theme of the comic as well. I think it's really. I mean, Carol shows you know one of the one of the denominators there one of the boundaries of 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 you know where the that line could be drawn you know even if it's not you know the the moral north that rick seems to be most of the time or you know you know what we would consider something we would do i mean it's it's believable within the milieu it's it's it works for her character and it also allows him to explore that same theme in a really in another you know in another which is funny because i mean this episode i mean It's funny, you know, in a sense that it comes after a couple episodes that are all about kind of hope. Like there's a lot of hopeful qualities in the previous episodes. Though the other one involving kind of Beth and Daryl going on their thing and having kind of realizations and moving on from there. And the one before this one is the one that features um, what's Lawrence, uh, Lawrence Gilbert Jr. Uh, Bob, um, and how he kind of chooses to kind of go forward and the way that plays out. Like there's a lot of for a show like this that delves into deeper stuff, this one that have kind of a happy ending. This one delves into you know the big tragic stuff, which is where we are exactly right oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and speaking of big tragic stuff, now, yeah, this def- I think it's fair to say this caught all of us off guard. I don't think anyone who saw this were thinking, "Man, this seems yeah. going to end with horrible child murder," because that's terrible. Um, who would think that on a you know on a basic cable uh, you know show that they would even go there, you know, and then threaten to kill the baby before I the? I mean, the let's not forget break, the you know? first image of the series is Rick walking and shooting yeah. a kid in the face. Like that's the opening of the series. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like it. It's not like it. But this is like a, this is like I don't know. It's it's different when you have the veneer of zombie zombieism over that kind of thing. But this is you know live. Oh uh, yeah, I mean it's person. yes. This is this is tough. This is shocking stuff. This it puts on the top five list of crazy WTF moments for Walking Dead. But at the same time, it's not like the show buttered us up to prepare us for something like the thing that opens the entire series, which is what we think is a little kid that turns to reveal a undead child, which then goes on to seeing what's going to become our hero take a gun and shoot her in the face. Like that's we. This is the Walking Dead is the kind of show I could expect something like this from. Does it make me feel good? No. This is horrible stuff. This is this is real big taboo material that you just don't often deal with on television, unless you're something like Game of Thrones, perhaps, and uh, or the original Night of the Living Dead, which is just, this is kind of a weird obtuse shout out to in, in my mind. You know, with the, the the child coming back in the basement and then having to kill, take the child down after he kills his parents, and I don't know. I guess it's all fresh in my mind. I just watched that documentary, Birth of the Living Dead. Yeah. On yeah, Netflix. It's very, it's very good very stuff good. if you're a zombie fan. Now, not to... As much as... Yeah, Tyrese <laughs> I love that look is, on Tyrese's face. I'm don't sorry. Even, don't ask me. <laughs> um, not to, I mean, yes, this is a horrible thing. Um it sucks that this happened, and this is especially because I, I liked one of these characters a lot more than the other. Um, but what's the scenario that took place where Mika was ready to lay down and have Lizzie, you know, stab her or do something to kill her in some way? Like I, I, I just I don't know what where what what led to this series of events where I, it doesn't seem like Lizzie snuck up on her. I got the impression like she was taking a like nap. Taking... That's the that's the best I can do, I guess. But... This part right here, though, where she holds it together just long enough for Lizzie to yeah. get out of sight. Great, great stuff. I just I had to, I had to shut that out before it went away. Yeah, 
it's the kind of thing where I, I don't dwell on it too hard just because the events that took place are so shocking, but at the same time, it's like, okay. I mean, we've d- the entire episode's been Lizzie freaking out and doing very crazy things around walkers, and then <laughs> first chance... Let alone the fact that they left them to, like on their own to begin with. It's like, okay. <laughs> There's some some acceptances we seem to have to make in order to get to the deeper drama of this episode that kind of threw me off from liking it more overall. Yeah, I don't think I'd be leaving her alone with uh, Mika and Judith. Um, especially now after, you know, it just it feels like I mean if we had like this kind of supersized episode like maybe like you know instead of forty two minutes we had like a whole sixty minutes um, like a slightly extended episode we could have had more lead up to what took place where you could see Carol maybe thinking okay I, I could I'm I'm okay with leaving her alone with Mika for a little while or whatnot like just see more kind of development on certain aspects of these characters and how they're interacting with each other to be like okay with the idea of them then st- suddenly stumbling across this horrible event that happened. Well, <laughs> it just seems a little irresponsible, I guess. Yes, but eyes. we're also thinking a little meta here. We know more than Carol knows. I mean, she the only really weird recent things that Lizzie's done in with the zombies was the brief little thing at the railroad tracks and Carol wasn't present at that part of it. She was still down the tracks. Uh, Tyrese was there. And then the ring around the Rosie scene. I, I don't know that, you know, she's quite to the point of thinking she is completely gone. I don't know. I mean, the episode spent on Carol describing to Tyrese, like, Lizzie like Lizzie just doesn't yeah. get it. Like, that's the basis of her discussions with Tyrese. It's like, Lizzie's not getting it. Mika does, but Lizzie, we're going to have, we should yeah. be watching her. And then we get to a scene where they're not watching she her. She doesn't that, get it, but I don't think that she's made, she had mentally made the leap that she's going to be a cold-blooded killer. Yeah, I that yeah. that's fair. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't think either that that exact scenario is the one. But I do agree with you. The sure. girl definitely doesn't need to be the babysitter. Yeah. I think uh we might have a new um uh, uh nominee <laughs> for Lori Grimes mother of the year. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the baby's hung on. So <laughs> Well, yeah. One out of 3. Tell me again about the rabbit. Too, she probably has a lot of thoughts going through the back of her mind. Of, uh, um, I'm drawing a blank. Her kid, Sophie, Sophia, yeah, Sophia. You know, Sophia. That's true. That's a good way to. Yeah, I don't. I haven't paid much too much attention to that actually. Yeah. Although we never really, you have to really accept that as a mother's loss more than really knowing those characters together cuz I don't I can't even recall scenes between Sophia and Carol. <laughs> the smoke thing that's of of the many metaphors and symbolism in the show I do like the smoke one. That one works for me for the most part. And, I mean, if, as far as kind of final scenes for characters, I think um, Brighton Sherbino, she does a she does a good job. Mm-hmm. She uh, really kind of sells these final moments. Yeah, she just, uh, the idea that she just doesn't understand, um, it works. It, uh... Plus, I mean, it's very, it's very much yeah. a good thing to do to apologize for the wrong thing. I know my daughter does it all the time. Yeah, yeah, true could also be a form of autism or something too my son's autistic and i mean that would be one of the things he would do something that would upset me and he didn't really understand that he did something wrong he's just upset that i'm upset you know mm-hmm. yeah um it's funny because i um i actually put this on the walking dead facebook page and my friend um dr ali matu he uh he he's a psychiatrist he's a psychologist he also kind of when he's not, you know, doing um, working with patients, he uh, he writes a lot about kind of sci-fi films and how and how to analyze it from a psychiatrist's point of view. And I actually posted an article that he had. He read all, all about um, about Lizzie and how to diagnose her because a lot of people are just saying crazy, which uh, and other terms that don't necessarily apply. So if I could if I could find that link, I might uh, post it 
with yeah. the with this episode with it, with this episode when it, when it comes back out again. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. Very interesting yeah, read. As much as I would have wanted it in that that scene, I'm kind of glad they didn't show her body fall. I I I mean, for sure. Yeah, it's just wow. Yeah, I think there's plenty of power in just the way those two interacted in those last moments, and the look, and you know, the, the what's going on with Carol, and you know how she's emoting. Yeah, I think there's plenty there to show implication over, you know, physical <laughs> physical results of what just happened because we all we all get it. I remember seeing this scene for the first time, the scene of the three crosses and being confused. Thinking that Judith yeah. had died somehow, too. Yeah, this is rough stuff. This is, you know, it gripes aside. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot the imagery and the, you know, the weight of what's happened. Like, this is, this is pretty dark as far as Walking Dead goes. The Walking Dead has gone to some pretty dark places. Hmm. I was gonna say that's yeah. saying something. <laughs> you say it's dark for this show because the show there's is no just dark there's no life. you know dark irony. There's no dark comedy at play here. It's just you know it's played very straight, which some would see as a detriment to the show because it does depend on a lot of kind of depressing subject matter. But at the same time, these kind of episodes for the show that it is, it knows how to convey emotion in a way that now effective. the prior scene was more shocking, but in a way this scene is just more powerful in this episode to me. Yeah, I agree. And I think it comes from the power of both actors and the fact that the dialogue seems the, is the most consistent in this scene, I would say. Putting a puzzle right in front of them. That well, the fact that it. there was a puzzle of a picture mm-hmm. of Sophia was interesting to help the actors. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That came out in the the news later. Yeah. It's a lot for Tyrese to deal with in one day, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I'd have to go over to the couch for a little while. Get a get a mean slice of that pecan yeah. pie. A big a big yeah. a big slice. I was going to say, Alamo. Alamo. Was gonna say you're missing the vanilla ice cream to fill yeah. out on top of it. <laughs> Do you think this will come up again, like in later in the next season? We'll almost have to when they get all together yeah. again, right? Yeah, I guess so. When when he gets back with Rick, because Rick Rick doesn't know that he knows. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I guess, yeah, uh, yeah, okay, so that's like a more an obvious fact. I, I mean, in terms of, I guess, the Carol-Tyrese dynamic, especially because they're, I guess it doesn't matter if I spoil the comic, right? They're, they are, they 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 couple up in the comic, correct? I'm not making that up, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. No, that's sure right. I'm remembering it right. Yeah, they, they are a couple in the comic. They, before Tyrese gets uh, swayed over by the ways of another character, I guess I won't reveal that now just to be on the safe side. Comic readers know what I'm talking about. Now, do you think that he's given her a pass and forgiving her here because he really truly understands where her mind was and what she was, what her thought process was or more, um, I really need somebody with me to survive for a little longer and maybe going to turn this around on her at an opportune point for him? I think it's a combination of both, and I certainly don't think it's like a biting my revenge type thing. I don't think that's factoring in at all. I think it is a combination of the times are tough, and I get what you had, what you thought you had to do. I will never forget it, yeah. which is what he says basically. But I think I can let this. I can move. I can move on from here. It will be difficult, obviously, but I can move on. And yes, I don't want to be. I can't hand. I'm, I've already lost. Presumably, I might have lost my sister. I've lost everything that I've been working to keep safe in this world, so I need I need something to keep me going. I've lost these little innocent girls, and Judith isn't exactly the greatest <laughs> buddy, so I need something to go on. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's a I think it's a combination of things, but I do believe him in saying that he you know forgives her but won't forget forget what happened. I just like his delivery in that scene too, just very 
kind of just slow and oh, methodical Griselda. and very you know quietly voiced. Griselda Gunderson, um, what will we do without you? I I could do without the narration at the end. I it just it's just, it's just hammering home mm. things. I would have put the fence back up, by the way, too. I don't know if I would have left it down. <laughs> yeah, I would have for the next person. Yeah, I wouldn't want to yeah, infest like somebody with zombies. It's yeah. a good place to leave for sanctuary. Uh, it's almost like the Hulk sad music as they're walking away with their backpacks. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have taken out that walker, too, by this point. <laughs> like, but you don't have to kill him, Aaron. You don't. <laughs> oh, but you do, Chepster. You do. Well, that's about it for uh, the Grove. You guys have any uh, um, closing comments, summations? Thoughts? I would say it's an episode that's certainly grown on me. I, I don't. The joy of writing for the young folks now is that I don't assign Buster ratings. I only assign them when I do the show, so I don't really remember what the Buster rating was. But I probably said like something like a three or three point five, and I give it a solid four at this point, just because I think the acting is quite strong and the. The smoke zombie battle is pretty cool, and the you know the shocking stuff is pretty shocking. So it's it get, it's gotten better for me in my eyes as I've you know revisited it. It's interesting on uh, on IMDb, it's rated nine. Yeah, it got it got really well reviewed by. Yeah, I don't kind of remember what I gave this on the and... Facebook page, but I I do remember it being one of my uh, higher ratings of the season. Um, and and one other uh, thought that I got going in my head right now after you had mentioned it, Aaron, about the, the hope, uh, episodes, you know, the previous ones, they had all these hopeful endings and things like that. And this one's such a dark and different, uh, turn for the second half of the season. I'm wondering if that's some sort of foreshadowing on, on what direction Carol is going. I just have this feeling that she is going to not become a, the governor per se but she is going towards that mentality of it doesn't matter what the situation is if i think this is what i got to do to survive i'm going to do it no matter who it hurts and uh, i think she's slowly going towards the dark side if you will i think she's growing closer to I'll be, I'll be curious to see what the, the kind of balance between her and Rick is, because I think Rick has a lot of similar qualities to Carol. They just go about handling things in different ways, but they both are they, they both know what a, a means to an end is, and they know how to... They handle situations in a way where greater good makes a difference, even though they get highly emotional about said thing. So, so I'll be curious in the future and the, you know, the next season where that, where that takes both characters, as well as, well as you know, Carol in general, interaction with Daryl and, Ty- and Tyrese... How about you, Jim? Your thoughts on the episode? I, I thought it was a strong episode. I thought it was a lot. I, I think if I were to go back and trim the fat, as we talked before, we, I would probably have trimmed some of the Beth and Daryl stuff uh, to get them to terminus quicker. But um, I definitely would have kept this episode. It's kind of, it's haunting. It had that kind of you know WTF moment that we really didn't have this season so far. I mean, since the prison had been you know blown up, and um, I don't know. It, it, I thought it was well acted, a good character piece. Um, not, I don't think it's my favorite of the fourth, you know, season, but I, it, it's definitely in my top five. Great. Okay, I think that about wraps it up for tonight. Um, it's been Walking Dead TV podcast commentary on Grove. If you would like to join us on our Facebook group, the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group, we'd be delighted to have you. We have a lot of uh, cool um, um, members and, and activity going on there, a lot of news being posted. And if you are in any way a fan of pop culture, you should definitely check out hhwlod.com for the hhwlod.com uh, podcasting network. Uh, where we have a plethora of podcasting goodness, including the Long Box of Dune for comics, out now with Aaron and Abe for all of your first-run movies. Um, we also have uh, the twenty-four uh, cast, the, the adventures, the twenty-four, of Jack and Chloe. J- the Jack and Chloe adventure cast, which is currently recapping every week's new episode of Twenty Four Live Another Day. <laughs> no, it's fine. I Sorry just I like saying the whole yeah. time. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> I do too when I can remember it. Um, <laughs> We have the uh, the Action Lab podcast for Action Lab Comics, uh, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, which is going through a bit of a metamorphosis to cover the entire Marvel movie universe, so that's that's pretty exciting. But check it all out at hhwlod.com, and I'm sure you'll find something there 
you will enjoy. And until next time, until there's no room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, those are some really pretty flowers over there, aren't they, Lizzie? Oh, and stay and stay tuned in, in our Facebook group. I'm going to be posting my special Terminus barbecue sauce recipe, good for awesome. any style of meat. Until then, have fun. When the night shows, the signals grow on radios. All the strange things, they come and go as early warnings. Stranded starfish have no place to hide. Still waiting for the swollen Easter tide. There's no point in direction we cannot even choose. Aside, I took the old track, the hollow shoulder across the waters. On the tall cliffs, they were getting older, sons and daughters. The jaded underworld was riding high. Waves of steel hurled metal at the sky And as the nails sunk in the cloud The rain was warm and soaked in the crowd Again, the seas are silent in any still alive. It will be those who gave their island to survive. Drink up, dreamers, you're running dry. When the flood calls, you have no home, you have no walls In the thunder crash You're a thousand minds within a flash Don't be afraid to cry of what you see The act is gone, there's only you and me And if we break before the dawn We'll use up what we used to be Lord, here comes the flood We'll say goodbye to flesh and blood If again the seas are silent in any still line It'll be those Who gave their island To survive Drink up Dreamers You're running